0: Austin Ames' dad walked so Troy Bolton's dad could run.
1: Hello. Hi. Welcome to our first episode of Movies That Raised Us.
0: Yay! This is a long time coming, so I'm glad we're doing it.
1: Yeah, we've been talking about starting a podcast for like over a year now, and I guess what better time than a global pandemic?
0: It was literally, I was thinking about this yesterday, almost exactly a year, because we were at Emery's birthday Um, dinner.
1: That's true, yeah. So it's coming up on a year. Mm -hmm. Um, So we are your hosts. I am Christina Schmidt. I'm Mariah Cruz, but you can call me Mo, yeah. so this is this is our podcast where, we watch formative movies from our youth, a lot of them giving us unrealistic expectations
0: about life. Um, when I was a little girl, I loved watching movies, especially like Princess Diary Type, A Cinderella Story. Like, all those classics that you, uh, you see and you're like, I'm going to be Princess of Genovia when I grow up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to happen to me. Yeah. So, even though we loved watching those movies when we were younger... Uh, You know, we continued to watch those exact same movies when we were older because they were hits. They were freaking hits, and I don't want to hear another word about it.
1: Yeah, Mo and I used to live together, and we spent a lot of time, like, buying, like, just disgusting amounts of snack food and drinking wine and
0: watching, like, old romantic comedies. Mm
1: -hmm. It's a cherished memory of
0: mine. When we should have been doing homework and writing essays.
1: Yeah, no, but... I think we just got a different kind of education.
0: Oh yeah, from these films. <laughs> so today we're gonna. I think this film actually was the first one that popped into my head when I um, when we we're talking about this podcast and our idea for it. Mm. It is an instant classic, a Cinderella story.
1: Yes. So the Wikipedia description says that a Cinderella story is a 2004 American teen romantic comedy film. Directed by Mark Rossman. So in 2004, when this movie came out, I was eight years old. (laughs) I had just moved to Singapore. I remember being like super into capri pants, Mm -hmm. like especially the ones with like the big pockets. That was like a a style choice of mine. (laughs) And I listened to like a lot of Avril Lavigne and like a lot of Hilary Duff, of course. Of
0: course. We're riding high off of the 2003 drop of metamorphosis. Yes. Um, I was also eight years old. And I don't remember too much about third grade other than that I had, like, this male teacher and i peed my pants in class and i have a super distinct memory of being like i know that i have to pee like i could just you know ask to use the bathroom <laughs> earlier but for whatever reason i was like i have to like wait because i'm doing something or whatever um, oh no so you kind of you kind of look at that moment like hindsight 2020 moving forward
1: yes. yeah so this movie is starring hilary duff of course And Chad Michael Murray, who I learned last night I had been pronouncing his last name completely wrong my entire life, I thought it was Chad Michael Murray for some reason. I think maybe that's like how my mom said it, so I just assumed Mm -hmm. that was right. But... Hillary was 16, and Chad was 22. So much older than I thought he was. Very
0: Romeo yeah, we and Juliet. Yeah, like, we
1: love a good, like, inappropriate Hollywood age gap. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that we learned is that Rupert Grint was actually initially offered the role of Austin Ames in this movie, mm-hmm. but he had to turn it down because he had to film Prisoner of Azkaban. So, this is like Rupert Grint in between Chambers of Secrets, and Prisoner of Azkaban,
0: who, he, he, like, he looks like a child. I know. It really would have been, I gotta say it, maybe after, maybe later on in life, I guess. Like, I could see him being a teen heartthrob, but not mm-hmm. at this time. Like, no. He was, he would be no Austin names No.
1: I can't picture, like, Hillary and Rupert in this time. That's a as lot of light interest. hair color. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I also can't picture...
0: Rupert Grint as, like, a football player. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, yeah. not just a football player, but, like, captain of the football team. Yeah, yeah, like, the
1: it guy. Yeah. Big man on campus. But I'm definitely going to be photoshopping a picture of Rupert Grint's head onto Austin Ames's body, so you can look up for that on our Instagram. We have to, we have to.
0: I just want to talk about Hillary Duff for a sec, because mm-hmm. she was... Like my number one ultimate, like I want to be just like you when I grow up. Yeah. Um, I thought she was so like she seemed so sweet. I loved Lizzie McGuire. Um, I pretty much had like any mem- memorabilia, like I could get my hands on like CDs and whatever bracelets, like anything that said Lizzie McGuire on it, I wanted it.
1: Yeah, I had a pillow growing up that it was like pink and it had like faux fur trim, like a faux fur trim on it. Yeah, that was like hot pink. And on it, it had, like, embroidered, like, Hillary's signature. Oh, my gosh. And, like, XOXO. And it had, like, stars on it. Yeah. And I think I probably had that, like, in my house until maybe two years ago when my parents moved and, like, got rid of some of my stuff. And I think that the Hillary pillow did not make the cut. Sad. Sad. But it should have because that was, like, it's a relic. It could be worth a lot now.
0: Yeah, I think that if I, like, look in my closet right now, because I'm at my parents' house, I might find a couple of Hillary Duff CDs.
1: Yeah. I also had, like, a a biography book about her that probably came out in, like, 2002, 2003, Mm -hmm. all about, like, her life, and I remember, like, there being a page about, like, her and Aaron
0: Carter. Oh my gosh. Because they dated briefly, right?
1: Yeah, they dated, and then he cheated on her with Lindsay Lohan. And then, like, maybe two, three years ago, he, like, tweeted Hillary being, like, you were the love of my life, like, I made a mistake, I let you go, Um, and, like, I want you back.
0: I did not know about that. That's kind of insane. Yeah. I loved the teen I feel like there was like a thing maybe just because I was obsessed with the Jonas Brothers when I was younger but like they would never say who they were dating like the Jonas Brothers were really really secretive and so I feel like I kind of we kind of grew up during a time where celebrities weren't so open about their lives
1: yeah it was like before social media when people would just like post stuff you would just have to read like Tiger Beat magazine. Yeah,
0: that was our best source of information.
1: <laughs> yeah, and just like live off of the rumors. <laughs> I would also love to talk just briefly about um, our good friend Chad Michael Murray.
0: Oh, close personal friend, some would yes. say.
1: Yes, my, a big childhood <laughs>
0: crush of mine.
1: Yeah. He's probably one of the only blonde men that I really like. For some reason, I just don't really find myself drawn to blonde men that's so
0: funny because you're like the blondest girl i know i know (laughs) it's probably like some internalized like self-hatred projected onto or it's like (laughs) people that look like me um evolution has told you not to be attracted to Mm. blonde people because that would mean they're slightly related to you or something like that oh yeah
1: maybe that's very possible. I think probably where it stems from is just that when I was a kid and watching Pocahontas, I really hated John Smith. Oh, he sucks. And that put me off like all blonde
0: men. Yeah. I loved Chad. He really pushed he pushed me to my wits end on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And Freaky Friday, he is just incredible. I honestly, I feel like we don't talk about it enough the fact that he was literally pining for oh my gosh i'm blanking right now curtis what's her first name oh, jamie lee curtis yes. jamie lee curtis and chad michael murray were a one well he wanted to be a couple with her in freaky yeah. friday and honestly i support that like i could see him with an older woman i i would yeah, like that the friend. chemistry
1: was there it was present but i think he could probably just have chemistry with anybody oh, i think he really could
0: Yeah, so should we dive right in? Let's just go in head first. Yeah. Head first. We're diving in to that area of the pool where the lifeguard tells you, please do not dive in, okay? Yeah,
1: we're just jumping right in there. So we have the opening shot. We have a beautiful landscape. We have a pan up to a castle. And we have Hilary Duff's voice just inviting us in with its warm and welcoming quality. We're going like full fairy tale vibe as she's setting up. This classic Cinderella tale. We have a montage of, like, baseball and her dad. This, like, all-American family. They're, like, super happy. They don't mention anything about the fact that she doesn't have a mom. Not one detail. Which (laughs) makes me assume that she's dead, but... That's fair. I don't know, because they set up, like, such, like, a happy-looking family life. It doesn't seem to have been, like, struck by tragedy yet. Yeah. So I don't know. There's something maybe something fishy with her. Her mom mom just left
0: and she was like absolutely fine with me. My dad's incredible.
1: Yes. He seems like a great dad, a total dilf, a single dad, just like business owner doing it for himself.
0: Oh, you know what vibe I get? I get the vibe that her mom died in childbirth.
1: Oh yeah. That's That's probably what I get. Yeah. And then Fiona comes into the picture.
0: Let me describe this chick. She looks frumpy AF, hair (laughs) frizzy, a horrible dead brown color, the glasses that are clearly a prop, but they had to put that in there. I think, hand to God, she is like blowing her nose when we see her. I think she has a tissue in her hand. (laughs) Yeah. So there's like a whole little montage where um, Fiona like falls into her father's arms And for whatever reason, like, they get married. Um, A little classic, get-rich-quick scheme. Although I don't know how she could have possibly planned uh, an earthquake killing her husband.
1: It was really serendipitous for uh, Fiona. For her and her two horrible,
0: evil daughters. Just the stupidest pair.
1: They're just there for pure, like, Tweedledee, Tweedledum comedy relief. Yes,
0: I didn't even get evil sister vibe. I get the Tweedledee, Tweedledum vibe.
1: Yeah, especially, like, the tall one, who doesn't really seem, like, as mean or, like, malicious because she's kind of just, like, too dumb to plan.
0: Definitely. Also, that is the daughter um, from the nanny. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, it is. And she was also in um, season two of the hit Netflix show, You. She has, like, a very (gasps) small little cameo when, like, Spoiler alert. When Joe, like, breaks into somebody's apartment. Oh, oh, yeah, he's trying to break into Candace's apartment, and this, like, S&M woman, like, ties him up. That's her. I totally remember that. But I digress. (laughs) So, in the movie, we, like, fast forward eight years later, and Sam's life has gone from a fairy tale to a
0: living hell. She is, like, so horribly mistreated by everybody. I agree. Um... We got an opening scene where she literally wakes up at the butt crack of dawn. I do not understand it. She has enough time to wake up, make her evil stepmom breakfast, turn on the sprinklers like water the grass, go work at the diner for a couple hours, pick up her best friend, and then she goes to class. I lived five minutes away from my high school, and I was late almost every single day.
1: I assume schools in America start at, like, 8 a.m.?
0: I think my high school started at... I am not exaggerating at all. I think it started at 7.20 or 7.30. Dear God. Isn't that awful? (laughs) That is horrifying. If I wanted to get to school on time and actually look like a presentable human being, I would have had to get up at, like, 6 o'clock. But we do get to meet Sam's best friend, Carter, who is
1: a sweet baby angel on this earth. He is an aspiring actor. In my mind, he, like, definitely went to Frenchwoods. I don't think he was a stage door type of guy.
0: I agree. I concur.
1: Yeah. And he's, like, always
0: encouraging Sam to, like, take chances and stand up for herself. Just a sweet little man. I love the kind theater kid representation. We were talking about his sense of confidence, which until, like, the end of the movie seems completely unfounded. We compared it to the confidence of Paul Blart Mall Cop, but after he saves the mall.
1: Yeah, he's just, like, riding on a cloud nine of confidence, despite totally. the fact that he's, like, totally presented as, like, a geeky, dorky character, and, like, they set it up that, like, Sam and Carter are, like, the losers of the
0: school. Mm-hmm. We love a tiny theater king, you know? Yes. A, sh- a short king. <laughs> a short For king. sure. <laughs> short king representation. Um... And he's literally the only support system aside from her diner family.
1: So then we get to the real meat of this movie, which is the relationship between Sam and Austin. So Austin is, like, super popular, like, captain of the football team, student body president, like, dating the hottest girl in school. Mm -hmm. He has it all. Um, yeah, but what we as the audience know is that Sam and Austin actually met in a Princeton chat room. Mm-hmm. and their usernames are Princeton Girl 818 and Nomad. <laughs> um, and they have this like online cyberspace romance where they know that they go to the same school, but they don't know each other's true identities. And we just could see like a whole montage of like them chatting.
0: Shocking that after everything she's done this entire morning, when she gets to school, she can just text freely. She's not even attending classes, she's just chilling out, <laughs> texting. Yeah. Um, we can spot them texting on the nice, beautiful friendship circle. It's like in the middle of this gorgeous courtyard. Their school looks like it cost billions of dollars. Yeah. I question. The gerrymandering that occurred in order to get this school district the amount of money it has.
1: Right, right. I, like, growing up, I was like, oh, this is what schools look like in America. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's dope. And I learned, obviously, that they do not look like that.
0: Honestly, I always questioned, too. I was like, why do these schools look so good? And then I realized later on, I was like, oh, all of this was filmed on the West Coast, where they have, like, mm. outdoor lockers and beautiful, like, right. courtyards. Meanwhile, in, like, the Northeast, we're, like, locked into a building. <laughs> we can't even, like, go outside to eat our lunch.
1: Yeah, we see we see a little bit of the inside of the school. There's, like, a scene where they are IMing in the library, and there's, like, two rows of computers that are facing each other, mm-hmm. and they're sitting, like, on opposite computers, and... It definitely gave me, like, big vibes of that scene. Have you seen Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet? No, I haven't. It's it's very good. But there's, like, when Romeo and Juliet meet for the first time, they're, like, in bathrooms, and there's, like, a fish tank that separates the men's and the women's bathroom, and they, like, see each other through the fish tank and, like, flirt with each other, like, with their eyes in this fish tank, and it, like, reminded me of, like, a 2000s version of that That's just hilarious. like the slight separation
0: can you see into the bathrooms through the fish tank that seems like a huge breach of privacy
1: yeah <laughs> it's like it's inside the capulet house so it's not like it's like a public oh okay restroom so that they, they just like built that into their home gotcha Which, very very elaborate but yeah it just it reminded me of that very very specific scene Um, but yeah, we get to see some of Sam and Austin's conversations and he says like the classic quote that you probably saw a lot on Tumblr growing up, which was, I could be surrounded by a sea of people and still feel all alone. And then I think of you, which I assumed like some man would say that to me growing up, but no one ever did. Oh, of
0: course. (laughs) Of course. You like see it on, this is probably the biggest thing you see it in the movies, the sweet, beautiful messages. Mm. None of that. It is such a lie. A hundred percent. And they continue chatting. We get a classic early 2000s quip. If you were a guy, I'd have to kick your butt. And I'm like, oh, sweetie.
1: Mm. Yeah, we oh, love sweetie. some just subtle homophobia just sprinkled just <laughs> right in just there. Just put it in
0: there. They didn't need to say that. The montage no. was already so long and... And yet, it felt necessary, the jock.
1: Yeah. We see them, like, texting from when school starts, during class, (laughs) after school. She's, like, walking home and they're texting. And then they are, like, continuing to IM throughout the night. And she's like, oh, my God, it's almost 2 a.m. So I'm like, they've been talking literally all day. And that is when Austin Ames, the poet that he is, just out of the blue quotes some Tennyson Which shocked me. And when I I studied Tennyson when I was in high school, and because this movie was, like, so ingrained into my mind, every time we read his text, all I could think about is Austin motherfucking Ames just pulling out some Tennyson off the top of his head, didn't even have to look it up. Off the cuff. Truly unprecedented for a 17-year-old. The... 2004 version of a love letter sent in the
0: war 100 percent is this i am you'd think that as we were able to like technology advanced you can just you can find quotes online my friend and yet Mm -hmm. men just don't like sending them it has never been easier to send a classic romantic quote and where are they nowhere nowhere to be found i have never received one I can tell you that. Maybe I'm just
1: dating the wrong men, but like that's a whole other that's a whole other topic, <laughs> whole other topic. for another day.
0: <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little Woody Rather. Would you like to play, Christina? Okay. I, I am down. Okay. Um, you Rather receive a dank meme or a poetic text message. I mean, even though I just said I would love like
1: a poetic text message. I feel like I wouldn't be able to take it seriously. I agree. From, like, today's man and me being, like, 24 and not 8 years old anymore. Um, and I think, like, a dank fire meme, it has the same, like, intent behind it, which is that, like, they're thinking of you. Yes. And it's like, oh, I, I found this funny thing, and I want to share it with somebody else to make them laugh. It's the thought that counts, you know? It's the thought, not the content
0: would you rather have a flip phone or a sidekick
1: i did have a flip phone i never had a sidekick i did always want one me too oh my god but i would also love to have like my motorola razor back just because like hanging up the phone was so
0: satisfying satisfying attack yeah you get off an annoying conversation with someone flip you just close that you close it up all that negative energy <laughs> it's gone just, sucked back into yeah. the phone Mm -hmm. Would you rather date Nomad, so just strictly virtual, or Austin Ames?
1: Because, like, Austin's kind of bleh. Like, him, like, (laughs) without all of, like, the Nomad knowledge, he's just kind of, like, a bland dude that is really complicit to his friend's bullying tendencies and his girlfriend, Shelby, who they portray as, like, an awful, terrible human being. But Nomad is, like, very thoughtful and sweet and, like, has all those good qualities, but he's also, like, a coward, mm. you also don't get to enjoy Chad's beautiful face in the flesh. Oh, yeah.
0: I would risk it so all. it's a
1: toss-up. But I, I think I would probably still go for
0: Nomad, you know? Yeah. The emotional, the, like, intellectual stimulation. Were you more likely to make a fake profile or to talk to the guy person to person? I would probably have made the profile because
1: I was a scared, scared little (laughs) baby. So next, Austin asked um, Sam, he wants to like meet her in the middle of the dance floor at the Halloween dance the next night. So he was like ready to take that step to meet in person. Mm
0: -hmm. This is one of the biggest turning points. I'd say it's the first out of two like huge turning points in the movie. And honestly, I really enjoyed watching it because he had a complete willingness to abandon his popular girlfriend, his like social status, social life. Like he doesn't even care. He's just literally like, I, I need to end I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm about to meet Princeton girl. And I'm gonna need <laughs> you to take a step back, sweetie. Yeah, it's completely unrealistic and it totally brainwashed me. <laughs> if Austin Ames can do it, come on. You can give up almost <laughs> everything. To date me. Yeah. I'm confused. (laughs) We haven't really covered the dance yet, but as we know, like, Sam arrives in the mask so that he can't see her when she gets there. But I wonder if Sam showed up without the mask, that everything would still happen like it did.
1: Yeah, I don't don't know. Because, like, spoiler alert, when he finds out, like, who she is, Mm -hmm. he, like, does not handle it well. And he kind of just, like, doesn't say anything and is, like low-key, high-key, like, ashamed of her. For sure. Confirmed. Which, like, when I watched this when I was a kid, I really didn't care about, but now watching it, I'm like, yikes. Like, that is awful, and I want better for our young heroine. But I guess she did show up to the ball or to the the dance looking, like, super bomb.
0: 100%, yeah.
1: So he might have still, like on with it
0: Mm -hmm. in my hypothetical alternative movie universe i think that he would have had a fun time with her at the dance but then been like haha cool gotta go back to being austin ames and then he wouldn't change anything
1: yeah definitely yeah sam like really struggles with her decision but because our sweet sweet boy carter encourages her and he like Mm -hmm. agrees to be her escort she decides to go
0: I just want to say that my mom loved the character of Carter. He is, like, the one character that made her laugh, like, so consistently while we were watching this movie. I think that he reminds... I, I mean, for me a little bit, but I think my mom is really reminded of my boyfriend <laughs> watching oh. Carter. Because <laughs> he's just, like, so sweet and funny.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. So Sam decides to go to dance, mm-hmm. but Fiona forbids her to go because she's making her work at the diner and fiona says like this one line that i always remembered and is just so horrible especially coming from like you're like the only like technical mother in your life Mm -hmm. she says to sam like you're not very pretty and you're not very bright
0: period end of sentence yeah
1: yeah completely unprompted
0: Nobody asked for that opinion. Dog. this reminds me. Have you ever seen the show Awkward? Yes. You know how her mom, spoiler alert, sends her this devastating letter that yes. she is like heartbroken over, um, and eventually, like it, it looks like she tried to kill herself, but in reality, she just like tried to get an Advil and fell on the floor and got yeah. knocked unconscious. But <laughs> it is horrible. It's horrible to send yeah. something like that, or like to just be like, you know, what, I'm gonna need to knock some sense into this kid. She's horrible to everybody in her life as well, other than her daughters. Yeah, definitely, and that's just one of the first iconic quotes we can get um, from Fiona. So Rhonda is uh, one of the
1: women that works at the diner. She like essentially runs mm-hmm. it, played by the amazing Regina King, and um, this movie Fiona is so says to her, cast, "By the way." Oh yeah, um, Fiona says to her, if it isn't little Betty Crocker from the hood racist
0: Some yeah. say yeah, incredibly racist.
1: yes, um, she talks about like how she needs to use extra there like they establish throughout the entire movie that they are currently in a drought and Fiona like makes them water their lawn because mm-hmm. she says that people who use extra water have extra class. But, yeah, she's terrible. she's. Most likely would have been a big supporter of All Lives Matter. Oh, And, like, yeah. definitely would have been a COVID-19
0: protester. 100%. She is definitely, like, conservative, anti-environmental, voted for Trump is, like, the world yeah. is warming by itself. It's not because of human habits. She is kind of like a parent trap. It takes two kind of stepmom.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a big thing in the two thousands. Was just like the evil stepmother. Well, I guess like all throughout like literature, it's always just like an evil stepmother. But like not to not to be cliche, but hashtag not all stepmoms. Yeah, I
0: thought growing up after seeing these movies, I was like, oh, stepmoms would be evil. That's just how it is. Stepmoms are evil people.
1: Yeah. And you don't see any, like, evil stepdad...
0: You don't... Yes. You don't get that. ...stuff.
1: Like, occasionally, but it's not as much as,
0: like, a trope. Yeah, I think the trope with stepdads is, like, they're absent. Or, like, it's, like, the
1: stepdad that's, like, trying to be, like, cool and win over the kids, and they're like, "Oh, you're so lame. Yeah. And, like, that's it. But it's not, like, like,
0: you are an evil person. They just don't want to vibe with him. They're simply... Yeah. They just... Don't want him to be there.
1: Yeah, it's like evil stepmom versus dorky stepdad. Yeah. And that is that on stepparents. <laughs> but moving forward, we have a scene where Austin and all of his friends are going to eat at the diner before the dance, and they all make fun of Sam as soon as she walks up to take their order, and they're like calling her diner girl. Oh, I hated that. And it's just like it's so shocking to see people acting like Hilary Duff is a loser because... She's so pretty, she's too. Like, I'm, like... Yeah, you're acting like she's not smart and beautiful and I, like, I just don't buy I it. I don't buy it. Like, we never get an explanation as to why she is classified as, like, the biggest loser in school. Like, is it because she's
0: smart? Is it, like, because she's an orphan? Yeah, like, that's a really what's weird... The deal? Theme. But it's just, like, the orphan is constantly... Because I feel like I've seen that in other movies. It's, like, the orphan is, like, ostracized... And I'm like, what? Yeah. Is this like is this like cruel? a thing
1: that kids do? Yeah.
0: One of the things that we both noticed about going just going off of this, like trying to figure out why they're making fun of her, Austin Ames also has a job. But I think that the difference is like she like Diner Girl has a job because she is like like her sisters don't work. It's clearly a her thing. It's like Mm-hmm. we need to treat her like she's like a low-class like girl like they're so freaking mean to her but austin's job is like we get this vibe it's like character building like his dad is like yeah you need to be captain of the football team and you know you need to work because people should experience like work but it's not like he needs money, he has a beautiful jeep and that car is very expensive
1: yeah, it looks like his dad owns like a very successful car the wash. The car wash is so successful. And his dad like went to USC. Like he's doing well mm-hmm. for himself, providing like a lovely life for his family in the valley. Um, and his dad is also obsessed with Austin going to USC, getting a football scholar- scholarship to go there. But as we know, dear Austin wants to go to Princeton and be a writer. So he has some internal conflict with that. And while researching this movie, I found out that initially the whole, like, dad storyline was not in the original script. But Chad came up with the idea and wanted to put it in to give Austin, like, more dimension, which is good. And it also paved the way for, like, all of the 2000s, like, Troy Bolton's coach dad, like, archetype of, like... You're giving up your dreams. No dad. So giving up yours. Yeah. yeah.
0: So thank God for Chad for putting that, that one in there. Austin Ames dad walked so Troy Bolton's dad could run. Definitely.
1: Yeah, so then Austin decides to finally break up with Shelby. And honestly, like this is where like the movie kind of loses me a little bit because it's hard to understand how Austin and Shelby even like dated in the first place, given like how deep and vulnerable we see him Mm -hmm. being with Sam Mm -hmm. and like Shelby is like just so one-dimensional like surface level and her like default setting is like mean you really
0: get the vibe from this movie you remember how important cheerleaders were in the early 2000s Mm. because it's truly imperative that the jock dates the cheerleader is like yeah so important and there is no other option which is It's just like every early 2000s movie, um, John Tucker must die. Yes. It's
1: like, I'm the head cheerleader. He's the quarterback or like the captain of whatever sports team he's on. Yeah. I don't, (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) My my high school didn't have like cheerleaders or anything. And like, we didn't have a football team either. We had like rugby and basketball and soccer Mm -hmm. and stuff, but we didn't have cheerleaders. So that wasn't as much of a thing, but I like assumed growing up that that was like a very big hierarchy in American schools
0: yeah it's funny I guess there was a little bit of that in my high school but it was not the cheerleaders because we had like a crop cheerleader team or yeah the cheerleading squad <laughs> it was more so like we did have a good football team I like I want to say my junior and senior mm-hmm. years and it would be the guys on the football team. With the girls on the volleyball team, oh, yeah.
1: um, subverting the narrative to the volleyball team. It was the
0: volleyball team, <laughs> and I want to say like some girls on like the soccer team and maybe the softball team, mm-hmm. but the volleyball team was like quite important to high school dynamics. Wow. Interesting. Yes.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I think another another thing that gets overlooked with Austin is the fact that he like fully had like an affair he had like a full-blown emotional affair oh
0: my god i have my mind is being blown right now it's like a fucking bomb is going (laughs) off in my head because i yeah he is literally a cheater that is so cheating like if i had a a full-blown i was in a chat room talking to some dude and my boyfriend found out he would be like you are cheating on me right now
1: yeah i have never yeah just like they never they never do anything physical but that doesn't mean like There's no cheating involved, and like she even asks him. She's like, "Are you in love with someone else?" And he like smiles and he's like, "I think so." That is insane. Whoa! And this all happens, by the way, like in front of
0: all of their friends. Oh yeah, because she says like,
1: "Anything you say to me, like you can say in front of my peeps." Such an awkward
0: phrase to say. Yeah, truly.
1: So he breaks up with her, and she's just like, "Oh, you're like clearly you've had like an aneurysm." So I'm going to overlook this, and I'll see you with a the dance. A bold thing to
0: say. Your boyfriend breaks up with you. You say, oh, it looks like you're on one right now. I'll forgive yeah, you. Yeah, you're
1: clearly crazy. Yeah. You're having a moment. Um. So Sam is, like, bummed. She's at the diner. She just got, like, shat on by all of her classmates. She's like, I'm not going to the dance. I have to work. And then she gets a pep talk from Rhonda an absolute queen queen. and everyone else at the diner they're like you have to go and like live your life take chances like you have to go meet this guy it's been months so she finally agrees but she doesn't have a costume and then we get a classic 2000s montage which i love and yeah we get to see her in the costume shop trying on Like, a matador costume, a porky pig costume, like, a hula girl, a nun, she's a knight, and there's, like, terrible puns that accompany all of these costumes. Yeah,
0: it's almost comical. I mean, because the whole thing about early 2000s movies is the montages. Mm -hmm. Like, I came for the montage. Yes. Give me the montage. But I also am, like, every time the montage happens, it's, like, you came out in a suit of armor. You're not wearing a suit of armor to the dance. It's not even in the cards.
1: You're not gonna go and meet this man that you have fallen in
0: love with in a porky pig costume. Yes.
1: Like, it's just not gonna happen.
0: So, after trying on all these asinine costumes, finally, Rhonda sees this beautiful mask in like, little display case. And that prompts her to save the freaking day, even though she already promised the owner of this, like, um, shop free breakfast for a month i was like that i would take that (laughs) um yeah that shit adds up it does i'm like that's like thousands of dollars in free food yeah um so Rhonda comes to the rescue with her wedding dress and she even says when she brings out the box she's like this was from my first attempt down the aisle and i was like pardon me we don't get to delve into that story i really want to know more right like, was she left at the altar? Did she leave someone oh, at the yeah. altar? Powerful. Like,
1: I would love a a spin-off movie about Rhonda. Too. Especially because she goes from, like, waitress to, at the end, being, like, co-owner of the Oh, yeah. I love
0: that for her. Sam. Um, Regina yeah. King is an icon. We needed more Regina King in the movie. Even though it is only 90 minutes, I would say 45 of them could have been dedicated to Regina King. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Yeah, she's
1: definitely like the mother figure, the only mother figure really in this movie is Virginia King.
0: She's the only one who, I mean, there are other people at the diner who care about her, but definitely she is mm-hmm. like the adult figure that Sam can go to, which thank freaking God, because that girl has no one. It's honestly so sad. So now she's fully equipped, she has the dress, the mask, her escort, her best friend, which. Makes her arrive so late to this dance. She gets there at 11 p.m.
1: Literally, like when I was in school, our dances were over probably by like 10. Yeah. Yeah. They like go to this huge, like incredibly elaborately decorated venue, which looks like a nightclub.
0: Mm, it is gorgeous. And
1: yeah, when I was in high school and in middle school, our like dances were in the school auditorium and they would just like turn off all the lights so it was dark and they would turn like That's the so stage funny. lights on the stage and there would be like one of the teachers was like the DJ oh no and would play just like Flo Rida and whoever Rida, else was popular at the time we did not
0: <laughs> yeah. we had someone DJ like our school would get someone to DJ mm-hmm. but you usually was like someone local or like someone's dad or something like that I love the fact that this, she really only has a couple moments in the movie, but the DJ is also, like, the girl who does the morning announcements. Big, big, huge Avril Lavigne energy.
1: Oh, yeah. A very big style icon of mine in 2004 with, like, the purple, like, highlights in her hair. I wanted those so badly. I thought they looked so cool. Yeah, and so we get to see everybody else at the school's... Costumes, so like Shelby and her friends are Charlie's Angels. Those outfits and, are so bombed. Oh yeah. I would love to dress up in those outfits, like as them from the movie. Oh, movies, I was about to say the Halloween. same thing. Like the mini yeah.
0: skirt. We should definitely do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then Austin's two friends are two-thirds of the three musketeers because Austin was supposed to be one with them, mm-hmm. but decided to be Prince Charming instead. And the stepsisters are Siamese twin cats. Awful.
0: They look horrendous. Just a bad look. All around terrible. Sam comes down the grand staircase in this absolutely just, can't get over it, gigantic hall. Um, Everyone turns to look at her. There's a huge moving spotlight that somehow is constantly manned, apparently just waiting (laughs) for the moment. Someone in a great dress arrives and as she's coming down the stairs we hear a quote from Shelby love the dress hate her and Austin is shook he is yeah. his brain is melting out of his ear i have never seen like a man with such
1: like pure adoration on his face <laughs> as when he sees her walk in and he doesn't even like know that it's her yeah. yet he just like sees this beautiful girl in this like stunning wedding gown come down the stairs And so, Sam makes her way to the center of the dance floor, and there's a little classic mistaken identity Mm -hmm. with, um, Terry, who is, like, actually maybe the bigger nerd in school than Sam and Carter, um, who is actually Howard from The Big Bang Theory, and he's dressed as, like, um, the dude from The Matrix, and... She thinks that he's nomad, and he invites her to join him in the mating dance of Zion. Absolutely
0: just a total confidence killer. Like, <laughs> a mood killer. Super cringe. Um, yeah. But then Austin comes in to save the day. Yes, Austin and Sam finally meet, and he takes her. They go outside. Um, they run off to an incredibly elaborate elaborately decorated gazebo. I'm talking thousands of dollars worth of flower arrangements on this gazebo. Mm-hmm. Um, and they play a little game of 20 questions.
1: Yeah, he, like, asked her if she, like, voted for him for student body president. Mm-hmm. He, like, asked if she was disappointed it was him. Um, he asked if she would rather eat a cheeseburger or a
0: rice cake. I'm like, dog, for such a progressive movie, you would think that he wouldn't be asking such idiotic questions to this girl. Like, you quoted Tennyson, and you. this is, like, yeah. the most you can come up with in person? Are you kidding me? Literally. So, they, like, they're at the gazebo, and he asks her to
1: dance, and she's like, but there's no music. And just by happenstance, there are these musicians who are packing up their sheet music, but they stop in their tracks because they need to play some music for this young couple, which, as a freelancer, I can say that is very unrealistic because they are no longer being paid, and they are not getting paid in exposure either. (laughs) But I digress. They play the song I'll Be for the couple, and it's very romantic. And it made me think about how, like, in the 2000s and, well, really throughout all of cinema, there's, like, so many, like, iconic gazebo scenes. Oh, my God. I love a freaking gazebo. Yeah, there's, like, this movie, there's Twilight, where they, like, dance in the gazebo at the prom. Gilmore Girls, so the gazebo is, like, a mainstay throughout the entire yes. series. There's, like, the sound of music. And I really expected to have more romantic gazebo moments in my Me life. Too. And I've had none. I actually... I've not had a single one. I'm
0: remembering um, there is, I think it's new, actually, there's a gazebo in the park right near my house, um, or my parents' oh. house, like, where I am right now. And my boyfriend and I, we we did a little makeout sesh, a little picture oh. taking in that gazebo, but I was already in my twenties. Like <laughs> I wanted the sixteen-year-old. <laughs> right. Will you take me to a freaking gazebo? You yeah. woo me, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it was like
1: oh, you know what also you know what also has a gazebo a scene, what?
0: a princess
1: switch. The Vanessa Hudgens
0: Christmas movie. Oh my movie. god! One of the best Hallmark movies. Her and movies. the prince.
1: Yeah, her and the prince like go out. They leave like the fancy dance that they're at, and they go to this like giant gazebo. I like didn't even remember that it was a gazebo because it looks just like a
0: huge room because <laughs> it's massive.
1: Yeah. But another iconic <laughs> gazebo film, from an what iconic it is film. If it's
0: the shape, the architecture, like the qualities of the gazebo. It just. It's it's cute. It's quaint. It hits it, different. You yeah. do be hitting differently. <laughs> 100%. Um, so as they're out on this beautifully decorated gazebo, it's still blowing my mind, um, he asks her, do you believe in love at first sight? And she says, I'll let you know. And this, for me, caused my brain to... The synapses were firing because I was like... <laughs> love at first sight and that became like a goal like some sort of like (laughs) I was like I gotta have it and I think that for (laughs) a long time I feel like for a long time I was like I just I need to like lock eyes with someone and I'll know immediately that I'm going to like start a family with them
1: yeah I definitely definitely have not experienced love at first sight myself but I have felt like I remember, like, the second time that I met, like, a particular person, there was a moment and I was just like, bing, I really like this person. Yeah. yeah. And that's, like, the closest that I've
0: gotten. I think it's more of a, you meet someone and you you can click with them. But I would say that, like, after, like, the first or second date is when you're like, mm-hmm. hey, let's keep hanging yeah. out more. Love at first sight. I'm like, dog, unrealistic. It's like
1: a lot, it's a lot of pressure. A A lot lot of pressure. pressure. Yeah. So they agree that they're like really happy that they met and Austin is like about to take off her mask and she's like, okay, I'm ready for it. And then beep, 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 her alarm goes off. She has to haul ass back to the diner because Fiona's going to be back and she
0: was not supposed to leave. So she books it right out of there. You do have to wonder how much time she gave herself to leave that dance because she is – I'm not talking about a quick jog. I'm talking about a sprint to the car. Yeah. I'm guessing she gave herself, like, 15 minutes max. Yeah. So meanwhile, she is booking it out of there. We cut back to the dance where Austin's douchey friend harasses Shelby, Austin's ex-girlfriend. And it's, it is it is a forced scene for sure. There's, like, absolutely no buildup. It's basically like, hey, you know me, I'm on the football team too. I know that you like me. And he just immediately goes in to sexually harass her. Like, literally forcing himself onto her. While she's like, no. Clearly saying, like, No stop yeah she's like get what off what you me. think would clue someone into stopping Yep, yeah,
1: clearly not and then carter sweet angel yet again comes in to save the day he is dressed as zorro and he like pushes the douchey friend i don't even remember his name i think it was like oh, david no or something idea. pushes him out of the way and um they get into a fight a chase ensues and um Carter's theater background really comes to his rescue. Oh yeah. They're like they're like at this bar and there's like a a door that like flips up so you can get in and out of the bar and he says I starred in Pirates of Penzance three t- three summers in a row. Say hello to Act 2 Scene 1 flips the bar up and like knocks this dude on his ass. Super absolutely satisfying. epic.
0: My favorite part of that is when he gets like thrown from that <laughs> Like a bar um, scene yeah, whatever, a pumpkin falls on his head, making him look like a jackass.
1: Yes, 100%. And then next thing we know, Shelby and Carter are making Have out, which is literally all this boy has wanted like for years, is this woman. And then Sam's got to drag him away because she needs to get the fuck out of there. So Austin chases after her. And he doesn't catch up, but her cell phone, which she had just, like, attached to her shoe, mm-hmm. um, falls off while she's running away. And he gets her cell phone, which is the replacement for the glass slipper. Yeah,
0: very much In 2004, it's a cell phone. When she's racing back to the diner, the twins see Sam and Carter's car, and a high-speed race ensues. Honestly, that car chase scene... One of the most epic, Fast and Furious has nothing on this car chase scene. Truly. My heart was beating so fast. I know I what happens in to. the movie, and I still felt so nervous. Um, there's, like, a precedent set at the beginning where she, Fiona can't move her face because she just got Botox. But by the end of this incredibly intense car chase scene, Fiona's Botox is just... I don't even know the scientific... The science... <laughs> The Scientology, the science behind it. But her face has fallen. The Botox is no more.
1: Yeah. Um, so Sam luckily makes it back in time, and like Fiona and the sisters are like rushing and they're like, Where is Sam? Everyone's like trying to distract her, and Sam is behind the counter making nasty ass salmon so pancakes. Gross.
0: Fiona, you can have the diet, don't make everyone else. Also eat the salmon.
1: Yeah, I don't know why salmon is, like, so prevalent
0: throughout this entire movie. It's really funny, but all I can think of when she's eating the salmon, I'm like, Fiona, the salmon's not going to make you lose weight if you put it into fucking pancakes and waffles.
1: Yeah, and we see that Sam is behind the counter, like, still in her wedding dress. Yeah, And then the next... Monday at school, Austin has launched a guerrilla search campaign very, to
0: find Cinderella. Very grassroots. FedEx Kingos ran out of uh, pink and yellow paper supplying him <laughs> with these flyers. In modern day, in modern, you know, technology would enable us to at least blow up a picture of someone. Like, someone would have taken a picture of this chick. But I don't even know if camera phones existed back then. I don't know, actually. I
1: assume so in 2004? Maybe. Because my first phone I got in probably, like, 2006, mm. and it didn't have a camera on it. I think that the camera phone did
0: exist, but it was not widely purchased yet, you yeah. know? So, um, during this whole search, you know, people are like, his friends are like, Austin, like, why this girl and. It's the classic, she's real, she's not like other girls phenomenon. Which I think even, imagine that wasn't a trope. Like, imagine Mm -hmm. the whole thing was, like, not being quirky. It was like, I just want a normal girl.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I just want somebody that can, like, talk about anything. He makes, like, every other girl just seem, like, so shallow that they can't talk about anything. The fact that he has this one girl that can, like, hold a conversation. Mm -hmm. So then Sam is, like, going back and forth with whether or not she should tell Austin who she is. And Carter's like, okay, fine, I'm going to tell Shelby who
0: I am. So you can, like, gain the confidence. And it goes horrible. It's awful. It's so funny because Carter's like, you know what? My friend is really struggling. Here's what I'll do. I'll show her how well things can go if you're honest with someone. But because Shelby is a completely awful person, when Carter goes up to her... She says to him that she... I think she says she ate some, like, bad food. She says she drank, like, a whole bottle of cough syrup or something. Yeah. Um, And she says we are from completely different classes of human. So Sam's confidence is shattered after that endeavor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's been completely just, like, destroyed. And then... So Austin continues to, like, send Princeton girl emails being, like, I'm trying to find you... Um, just as I said that, this the part in Camp Rock where Joe Jonas says, "I need to find you," came into my head. <laughs> so it's very much that energy. Um, and she's like not responding. And then one of the stepsisters, Brianna, finds out about. She like looks at Sam's computer and like sees all the emails. She realizes that Sam is Cinderella, and the other sister finds out too. So they steal her emails and they go to the car wash and pretend that they were Cinderella to get Austin. Obviously, they fail and then they fight and go through the car wash.
0: Here's a little PSA. Sign out of your goddamn email. Sign out of it. Don't leave it open. Even if you have a private computer, just sign out of the email. Mm -hmm. It never goes well. No. It doesn't. So we move forward. You know, time is flying by. For whatever reason, they're getting acceptance letters into college um, in the middle of, like, fall. They just had a Halloween dance, and they're getting acceptance letters to Princeton.
1: Yeah, Austin gets in. Sam gets in, but Fiona does not show her the letter. And Austin gets into, like, a little argument with his dad because his dad doesn't know about Princeton yet. And is like, yeah, like, USC is the right choice. And so, like, Austin's kind of pissed off. And he goes to the diner just to, like, have a cup of coffee. And him and Sam just have, like, a little conversation. And they are essentially talking as if they are Nomad and Prince and Girl. Yeah, very genuine. Yeah, like, it's super genuine connection. And this is very much, like, a recurring theme in romantic comedies of, like, people getting vulnerable in like diners and restaurants like it made me think of 51st Dates and like When Harry Met Sally yeah. like everyone's just like out here chatting in restaurants like you have a novel to go idea
0: to your little cute little local local diner I guess I think of like um cozy when I read this cozy soup and burger on Broadway mm. yeah yeah
1: definitely it also made me think of like in into All the Boys I've Loved Before. Oh my god. When they, like, go to that diner. Yes. And then she also goes with her dad. That yeah. diner's really cute. I love that
0: movie. Showing me all you want. I love that movie.
1: Oh, yeah. I love it. Um, yes,
0: and she almost reveals her identity. Yes. But Fiona interrupts her. Um, Fiona, great timing. Interrupts her. Austin's like, no, it's okay. I have to go anyway. Bro didn't even touch his coffee, but sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Sam only finds... The confidence to be herself when she's around austin we kind of realize that when they're together she's like you know revved up ready to go but when he leaves it's like self-sabotage city like when when she's with him she cause she almost reveals herself to him mm-hmm. twice
1: but like when she's no longer around him she's like oh i can't possibly do that you know what
0: this kind of reminds me of it's like the sex in the city movie when they're about to get married and um he calls Carrie and he's like I just need you to turn around and look at me. I just need to know it's still you and me. Yeah. And then he doesn't
1: see her face and then he books it out Stupid of there. Boy. And I'm like, dude. Everyone everyone just needs to have like a little bit more foresight and like yes. thinking long term. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the movie starts to take a sad turn at the pep rally. So the sisters decide to show Shelby Sam's emails, and they say that like Sam was trying to steal Austin from her all along, and that she like threatened to
0: kill them if they told her. I would be if my boyfriend was cheating on me and I found out. I feel like I might pull some Shelby shit, especially Mm -hmm. in high school.
1: Yeah, I think that the way that Shelby went about it was obviously wrong and like many are saying extremely, (laughs) yeah, extremely immoral, but. I do understand like the motivation to want to get some kind of revenge because after all like her boyfriend did break up with her and immediately that night go to a dance with somebody else and then launch like a huge search campaign for this girl like in your very school.
0: Yeah, it wasn't great. I feel like they really let it go in the movie because she's such a jerk, but it's really not great. I also think like it's
1: just sad to see them make such a one-dimensional character of Shelby oh yeah because like for such a progressive movie for 2004 it's like still disappointing to see just like a woman be portrayed as like her only motivation is being mean and cruel
0: in Cinderella there's not a character that's like in this character is the mean bitchy popular girl like you don't even have to have her in the story so the fact that they didn't make any like nuances to her character is kind of a bummer But I do think that the idea of having some sort of huge public display of, like, humiliation is really akin to the dynamic of, like, a lot of early 2000s movies. It seems like a lot
1: of conflict has to happen, like, in front of a crowd Oh yeah, in 2000s movies. Like, nothing is ever personal and private. It's always, like, in front of the entire school.
0: Mm -hmm. That's, like, the most humiliating thing. In front of the entire school.
1: Yeah. So we see the skit that shelby and the twins have come up with and essentially they take sam and austin's emails and like read them verbatim in like a little skit about like the prince frog and like the princess frog mm-hmm. and it's revealed that like austin doesn't want to go to usc and they read some like really personal stuff about sam like that she's never had a kiss before and yeah. it's just awful
0: yeah again austin dad for whatever reason is just like shook on the fact that he doesn't want to go to usc everyone ends up chanting diner girl they're pointing at her and this is really when we see what austin's decision making skills are because he decides to not do anything just be a passive observer so when he is complicit i feel like we like lose a lot of respect for austin and sam is like okay i'm done i'm done with you like you asked me to come to the dance And you have the audacity to, like, not to stand up for me when I'm humiliated in front of the entire school.
1: Yeah, after he, like, spent all this time searching for her and, like, begging her to reveal her identity, he finally finds out who she is, and he, like, looks at her and then just looks away and says nothing Mm -hmm. and lets everybody, like, bully her. So, dear Sam is already down. She's, like, at her lowest point, and she runs home and is crying and this like hit me a lot harder watching it now than it did when I was a kid. I feel like I knew like things were bad and it was sad, but just like being I think, an adult and seeing a child like so severely bullied was just like really sad to see and then Fiona comes in and gives her a fake rejection letter to princeton, and it's just you hate to see it, you really you do hate, hate, to hate to see, see it, it
0: people, oh my God, it's so awful. This is really a time before even bullying was addressed properly. Like, I feel like when I was in high school, maybe there started being laws against bullying. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just so tragic. Back then, people were just like, oh, people get humiliated. Some people don't. That's just the way life works. Um, yeah, it doesn't
1: seem like the school really did anything
0: to oh, help her out. No
1: way. No way.
0: But at this lowest of the low... Um, you know, Sam goes into the diner to do another shift. her work schedule absolutely insane personally, yeah. but Rhonda, good old Regina King gives her a pep talk and her ugly, I'm sorry, evil twin sisters. slip <laughs> I know literally <laughs> enter the diner and like knock the door of the diner on the wall or something so that this guitar decor falls down, revealing. This amazing quote from Sam's deceased father, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Yeah, that quote is just ingrained into my brain forever.
1: I think I'm going to be Me on too. my deathbed and like that's the only thing that I to be able to remember. Um, but Sam decides she has had enough. She like stands up to Fiona. She completely tells her off. She quits and, like, so does the rest of the diner in solidarity. Yeah. And she decides to move in with Rhonda. It's super satisfying. We, like, finally see that she's out of this, like, horrible home life situation and she's taking control.
0: Yes. At her lowest of the low rock bottom, she's like, no man, no school, no social life. But this is when she makes her biggest moves. She's like, it's like revenge body, except with her entire life. Um, Revenge life. (laughs) Revenge. This is my revenge life. So Sam storms into the locker room, and she's ready to pop the frick off and tell this guy what he needs to hear in his little tiny human brain cells. Um, That's when we get the iconic line, the most quotable line of the century, Waiting for you is like waiting for a rain in this drought. Useless and disappointing. So she takes control of her life because it's not not about the guy or the school or anyone else. She is finally doing it for herself. Yeah, it's just like so
1: good to see her like abandoning all of her fears and just like going for it. And she even says to Austin like, even though I have no job nowhere to live, like, no money for college. It's you that I feel sorry for. And I'm like, yeah, that because she has always, like, she's always been herself, and she's not afraid of, like, what other people say about her. And I think it's dope. And then she decides to go to the homecoming game with Carter, and we get to see, like, the entire school is there. There's, like, a bunch of alumni there, and um, Austin's dad is included, and he is out here still sucking USC's dick. Literally just going in on it (laughs) yeah and he says you know if you like play well today you are like set to go with a scholarship but austin is like completely thrown off by sam's confrontation and you see that he realizes that he needs to kind of like do the same thing and take control of his life his her words definitely landed on him
0: yeah sam tries to watch the football game Um, The game is going – I think it's going, like, okay, but not great. Like, they're down by – what is it, seven points touchdown? Um, I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think they're down (laughs) by seven. Um, Like, they need to get, like – it's like a – we need to get this, like, goal. Like, we need to, you know, run the pass, whatever. This is, like, the play. Um, But Sam is like, this is too hard for me to watch. I, I need to go Carter. And he's like, I'll tell you how it ends. This moment changes Austin's life forever because he looks up at her in the stands and sees her leaving. And that's when his brain cells finally begin to fire and work. And he (laughs) runs off the field, which is actually pretty insane to do. Like, I feel like you could get in trouble for that, but neither here nor there. And we get the iconic line as he's rushing past to get to get to Sam off of the football field his dad says you're throwing away your dreams, son and he says no dad I'm throwing away yours beautiful iconic and stunning moment
1: so he walks out of that game he runs up the stairs and chases Sam and he finally catches up to her and she's like Austin what are you doing and he says Something I should have done a long time ago. Incredible. And they kiss, and one single raindrop falls from the sky and lands on his cheek because the drought is over. And when I was reading about it, apparently they had to film this scene like many, many times because they had to get the raindrop to hit like the exact right spot of his cheek.
0: This is so unrealistic. It is infuriating. Like, hand to God on God. I don't think. Any high school boy has the wherewithal to just be like, you know what? I, I know I have it all socially, maybe like financially, like I have all this confidence, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dump that shit off and go out for this girl. I feel like that really set me up for some unrealistic expectations. <laughs> yeah. When I was,
1: when I was eight, this scene was really like the pinnacle of romance
0: Oh, of course. And
1: everything I aspired to have in a relationship. But watching it now, like, I just wanted Sam to end up with somebody that was never ashamed of her.
0: Yeah, totally. So, like, that kind of sucks. Or somebody who cheat. Yeah. But you still you still root for them. I do. I do like that scene, honestly. When we were doing, like, um, our little research session talking about the movie, I, I did rewatch that. Kiss scene because it's pretty great oh
1: yeah last night i was just fully listening to the jimmy Eat world song yeah that plays in the background what's the name of that song it's called hear you me it's actually the story behind the song is really sad it's about um two fans of the band who are also like really big fans of weezer mm-hmm. um and they like supported both of those bands like from the jump they passed away in a car crash. Oh, so sad. Um, so, like, it, the song is a tribute to those two fans. Wow. But I, it's a beautiful song. I, I really like beautiful. it. It is beautiful.
0: I can kind of sense that it's a very emotionally charged song. hmm So, movies concluding, they have to wrap it up into a nice little way that makes Sam the winner, obviously. So, they find the real Will... Fiona's husband's hidden well, which she is known about, the real Princeton acceptance letter, um, and Rhonda and Sam co-own the diner.
1: Yeah. And uh, Sam sells all of Fiona's cars so she can pay for college. And our boy Carter shoots a commercial. He is hashtag booked and blessed. And he winds up with the announcer girl and like totally rejects Shelby. I love that. for Which him. I think is great for him glad that he didn't end up with somebody that was ashamed of him. I
0: know. Oh my God. I really feel like Carter deserved this. He's been, he's been doing his thing the whole movie. Carter is out here doing God's work. I agree. So Sam and Austin go to Princeton together. And I wrote down this, I wrote this down in my notes. My like favorite quote of the movie, maybe she's like, Austin and I lived happily ever after for now. I'm only a freshman. And I was like, yes yes you will be um completely deceived and also sad from so many other men i'm glad you see that now
1: yeah you have so many so many ivy league boys are gonna disappoint you sam don't worry (laughs) but yeah that's the end of the movie we have lovely song anywhere but here by Hilary duff leading us out and the credits roll. So, what are what are some of your final thoughts about I this movie?
0: Overall, um, I don't know if I said this before in the pod, honestly, but just that Hillary Duff for me was like one of the really relatable celebrities that I followed growing up. Yeah, I always felt like, oh, I could be like Hillary Duff, like as opposed to someone really like tall and like more model esque, and like she just felt really relatable to me, but. Um, I enjoy this movie. I think what makes me love it so much is that she never, although she wants the guy, that's never who she is at her core. She's like a hard worker and she's really smart and she has this goal to go to college, which I can really appreciate because like that was a big thing for me and the feeling of wanting to leave home for college, like go on this journey have this freedom.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's nice that we get to see a lot of, like, her backstory. And even though it is about the guy, it's not always about that. And, like, she loves baseball and she has, like, her friend. And she's more of a dimensional character than if you just look at, like, the original Cinderella. And, um, you know, there's definitely a degree of, like, suspension of disbelief that you have to do. Like, it's insane that he does not recognize her.
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Almost infuriating.
1: (laughs) Yeah. She's wearing this tiny, tiny mask, and yet he does not recognize her voice or, like, anything about her. But, I mean, overall, I still really love watching this movie. It always just makes me feel really happy and nostalgic. And for me as well, like, Hilary Duff was a huge role model of mine growing up. Mm. So, I really enjoy it. I like seeing her just, like, get strength and take charge of her life. I think it's...
0: I think it's a good message for young yeah. women out like, there. Like, I think I would let my child watch this. Like, I think I would be like, hey, we're, we're going to put this shit on. And I would maybe disclaim, like, if a guy doesn't like you, there's no point in chasing after him. Because he doesn't know what he, like, deserve Or, like, you deserve better, essentially. Yes.
1: Should we give it an, an overall rating? Ooh.
0: I think. Do you, wait, you go first. You go first.
1: Um... Like I do love this movie. It's probably one of my favorite like two thousands movies, but I don't wanna give it a full like ten out of ten. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hip to gauge. I'm gonna
1: yeah. I'm gonna go with like maybe a solid seven.
0: Yeah. I agree with you. I would say maybe even a six point five, just because mm-hmm. of some of like um you know, the racism. <laughs> and, yeah, um, that's that's fair. And just like little things like the fact that Austin did cheat on yeah. his girlfriend and stuff like that. But that's a bummer. Would you let your future spawn or, I'm, I know you don't want kids, so <laughs> like a future niece or nephew or human little child's watch this?
1: Yeah, I would. I would. I again would probably give like a little disclaimer and be like, this is a historical piece. <laughs> this
0: is a historical piece. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. But, yeah,
1: I would. Yeah, I I agree with, like, a 6.5 rating. I'm down to, yeah. to lock that in.
0: I need to save my 10 out of 10s for Love, Simon, my yeah. all-time favorite movie.
1: Yes, coming, coming soon. Speaking of, if you have any suggestions for yes. movies, you can follow us on Instagram. Our DMs are open. It is Movies That Raised Us. And...
0: Rate this a 5 out of 5.
1: Yeah. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Literally.
0: Unsub- subscribe and unsubscribe and then subscribe again.
1: Yeah. Just double subscribe. Get a new phone. Subscribe on there.
0: Subscribe on your iPad. Okay. On your phone. Oh, it's all on one iTunes account.
1: That's true. Get another iTunes
0: account. Yeah. <laughs> you subscribe have two again. iTunes accounts now. <laughs> um, but really, if you have any movie recommendations or even... Mm-hmm any suggestions um yeah just we're all ears friends
1: yeah thank you so much for listening we are mo and christina this is movies that raised us and our theme song is by garrett schmidt bye